Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 277. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is not with me, of course. He is back home in Las Vegas. Me, I am on Fight Island, Abu Dhabi. And my man from the award-nominated, <laughs> the World MMA Award-nominated, The Mac Life, Oscar Willis is with me. What's going on, man? Well, the best thing about that is we will forever be award-nominated. You can't take that away from us. You can't. So... For the rest of my life, that's in the bio. Even if it's one time only, but it's not. I, I, I'm, no, I'm not saying it's going to be one time only. Of course, I don't want. I don't want that negativity out there. But you're right; they can never take that away from you. Yeah, exactly. So there we go. Uh, all right, let's talk about it, man. It has been a day. Um, as we sit down, it's on, actually been a couple. I think it's been. All right, so let me explain, people. That now, granted, I, I don't want to sound like you know first world problems and we're crying and all that stuff. I mean. Uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate what we get to do for a living. But today was the one day on the calendar that I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit fearful of when I saw the way everything laid out. So so just so everybody understands this, we are, well, we're back at, at, at basically our office at this point. Yeah. Uh, this is Stills at the uh, the Crown Plaza here in Abu Dhabi. Uh, basically, we um, they now just take us to this one table that yeah. happens to be next to a power outlet. Uh, they no longer ask us uh, if we want uh, a Peroni. They just bring the Peronis right away, the, the two-for-one Peronis. And the refills, they bring those. They the don't, re- you know, they don't even they've ask. picked up the B-dubs level of service that yeah. they don't even bother asking us anymore. They just bring the refills. I mean, so we've, 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 we've carved you, you, out. You are referred to as Mr. Morgan. <laughs> I am known as Mr. Morgan here when I come in, which is, which is quite pleasant. So we're back here in, in uh, our, our, our office, basically. It's our workstation. Um, but here's how the day worked out. So it's Thursday evening, of course, as we always do to sit down. We got up this morning um, at – we had a – what's – 2 a.m. shuttle? 1 a.m. Yeah, 2 a.m. shuttle. 2 a.m. shuttle. So we had a 2 a.m. shuttle. So I, I woke up around uh, 1230 or so to kind of finish packing, get ready, all that stuff. So we had a 2 a.m. shuttle to the arena uh, over to the Flash Forum for UFC on ESPN 13, Cater versus Ige. We – Went through that whole event. Then we came back to the hotel. Tried to squeeze in a little bit of sleep. I think you got you got three or four, four hours of sleep. Hours, you yeah, got four. Yeah. I, I only got two, unfortunately. So I, I could I was freaking out because I was afraid I'd oversleep. Because then we had to go back over to the uh, host hotel, the W, to do media day for UFC on ESPN Plus 30, uh, Figueredo versus Benavides 2. So we did a full event, a media day, a little nap in between, and now we're winding things down a little bit. And uh, listen, we're, we're, we're almost home. We're, yeah. I mean, we're almost home free on this thing, but it's been a day. Well, I mean, also, that's, it was a, you said it was a full event. It was a full event. There's no finishes. So it did, it did go on. You know, it's a very weird thing when you, you, you walk out of an arena and it is brighter than when you went in, right? So bizarre. It's very bizarre. You know, we actually said the first time, we're like, shit, better bring the sunglasses next time because it is actually blinding when you leave the arena. And it's, I think we got out probably 10 a.m. Yeah. I think yesterday, so 10 a.m., you, you know, you leave and you're sort of, you, you, you always reach that sort of tiredness where you're mildly delirious, yes. basically slurring your words. I mean, poor Calvin Cater, I'm sure the questions were a bit subpar at that point in the evening, you know, or morning. You just can't help it. I mean, we do our best, and uh, the sleep schedule just hasn't, I, I don't know, I haven't been able to stick to a strict sleep schedule. And that's probably because, you know, like tomorrow morning, we got to get up and go get another COVID test. And, you know, it's just, you can't ever really settle into that routine, but listen, 
Two cards are in the books. I think we've been here about 13 days. We've got about 10 it's days been as left. Long as that. My goodness. Um, well, we left. I, guess I should say we left 13 days ago. I guess you know at least 14 of the hours of that was spent in the air or whatever. But yeah, it's it's been a while. So I, I feel like we're I feel like we're on the backside. I think today was the one we had marked in the calendar as the potential uh, hurdle that yep. needs to be overcome. And I, I realistically, I, uh, when you are working with such few media credentials, you know, I think there's about 10 to 12 of us here. Right. Every so often, you just get a nice little planet alignment where everyone sort of is on an unspoken agreement of like let's just you know let's ask the questions and get the fuck out of here let's just get done so uh it, the media day went very smooth we'll just put it that way it did all right let's let's talk about first let's talk about the event first i was gonna do uh we had a few hours in between the the two things today and i was gonna do an and a half episode but then i just thought man if i do an and a half episode right <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon and then come back for the nighttime that's a whole lot of talk and that's just a whole lot of content that people are probably not necessarily going to want to listen to all of this. I figure, you know what, we could just kind of put everything together. Sure. And, I mean, uh, to be honest, at that point, I doubt we'd have made much sense, really. Probably not. Probably yeah. not. So, so I figured we'll just hold on again. So let's talk about the event that passed first. Calvin Cater, as you said, uh, did pick up the unanimous decision win over Dan Ige. Uh, 49-46 two times and 48-47 once. Uh, the second round was, I think, the round that everybody gave to Ige. Um, listen, man, uh, it, it's one of those – performances that I think just confirms what we already knew about Calvin Cater. Um, the guy looks like he's the real deal. I, I, I think he continues to prove that. I got a lot of respect for Danny Ige. He had a nice winning streak coming in, um, but he just struggled. And, and, you know, I think Calvin started a little bit slow, and I think maybe he was trying to, you know, conserve himself a little bit, make yeah. sure he had plenty of energy in the tank, um, and really turned it up as things went on. Uh, showed good defensive wrestling. I mean, Dan tried to get the fight to the floor, really couldn't get that done. Uh, and then at that point, you're stuck dealing with, you know, the, the range. And, and obviously, Calvin's just a much taller, much yeah. longer fighter. Looked good on the feet. And, um, you know, I, I do think that he's got a, a, another fight or two before he's in real serious title contention. But I like the fact that he's already making waves. And, and, and what he's saying is that, listen, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky, the champ, is saying line up the best contenders, you know, line up the best challengers, and these other guys aren't fighting. And it is true. And I mean, listen, I, I, you, some of that is just no fault of their own. I mean, there's there's been there's Something's been some been going on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's been injuries, there's been a pandemic, so it's a little easy to take a shot at somebody and be like, hey, where you been at, player? Yeah. Um, but I do like what he's saying. Like, look, these guys aren't staying busy. I want to stay busy, and I, you know, I, I'm I'm here to fight. So you know, give me the champ. I don't. I, I think it's a little bit ambitious. I just think there's too many names ahead of him right now. But I like the attitude. Well, listen, I, one thing I, I think has become, a, for me at least, a, a storyline in this whole pandemic era that I, I'm keeping an eye on is um, look at Hannah Cyphers, right? She's fought, I think she's got her third fight booked under the pandemic. It's crazy. The UFC are looking for people to just, they need bodies right now. Like Everyone's all disjointed. Everyone can't get in. They need bodies. And so if you're going to fight regularly, they will back you. Look at Gilbert Burns. So I think Calvin's attitude is perfect. It's what they're looking for right now. Now, do I think Alexander Volkanovsky is going to be particularly interested in that fight? Not really. Uh, he's got bigger fish to fry probably at, at this moment in time. Right. But there are sometimes where a guy wins a fight that's like, um, it's not a contender fight, it's an establishing fight. So th so him beating Dan Ige, it's not he's a contender now, but he's an established, okay, this guy is someone to pay attention to. Right. We're no longer just saying prospects. Yes, and you, and usually when you win that fight, you call out the champion. I kind of roll my eyes a little bit. And I'm like, ah, too soon. But for him, he's seen the, the, the layout of the division right now. There are guys who aren't fighting. There are guys who are just talking. And 
I, to me, it kind of worked. Do I think he deserves a title shot? No. Do I think he'll get it? No. But do I think he overstepped his ambition? Also, no. No, you said it. I, you know, this time period, crazier things can happen, right? So you might as well just say, hey, listen, I'm ready. I heard ready, Jorge really. Masdor stepped in on six days or something. It's Bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, you know? the crazier things have happened. So you're right. I don't think he'd be the natural fit. But it's not bad to go ahead and voice your, voice your uh, you know, contentions to want to do that. And, and you never know what can happen. Um, and if nothing else, it just it gets a little bit of attention. And, and the dude does look like the real deal. There's bigger names in front of him. I'll tell you one thing, though. I mean, if you're Alexander Volkanovsky, I mean, I know he's saying, look, I, I want to prove that I'm the GOAT, and by doing that, i got to beat the best over and over. i got to win. You know, sometimes there's something to be said, too, for maybe grabbing a guy, you know, before he's, before yeah, he's yeah, ready. Yeah, well, well, you know, let me, let me get him now. Let me get that win over him now. It's funny because for Alex, actually, there's despite the fact that, okay, so like it or not, he's a champion, disagree or agree with the decision from the other day, there's no real clear contender again. No. Because you got Ortega and Korean Zombie have been bitching at each other for months now. Right. So they're obviously likely to fight. You've got Yair and Zabit who've been rumored to fight each other for ages. Great fight. So suddenly, what if those fights take four months to make? Like, what if we don't see those fights until November? Volko's going to want to fight again. Shit, Calvin may get it. You know, like, if you think about the layout, there are obvious matchups to make, but not for the champion. So. It's true. I it's, mean, it's, it would it's be weird. They, yeah, it's what they do with the Holloway thing. Like, dude, does Dana feel so compelled to give Holloway the third shot? You know, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's not as cut as dry. It's not. It's, it, it would be weird. I think if you were like, well, we, those guys were already matched up, so yes. even though they're all in front of you, we're just gonna <laughs> have to skip you over. Um, I, you and I were talking, you know, just before we got started here, and it, it's not necessarily an original thought, but I, I saw a lot of people throw it there. How about Holloway and Cater? That'd be. A, That'd be a hell of a fight. Yeah, I like that fight. It, it, you know, it sort of reminds me a bit of Poirier versus Hooker, mm -hmm. where going into it, it's like, right, either this guy is going to say, oh, you, you had me as a prospect. I was already ready. Or we're going to be reminded, like, actually, there's levels to this. Or a mixture of both, which I think what Hooker started off strong and then Poirier sort of came on at the end. If you book that fight now, I think that's probably what would happen. I think Calvin would be competitive. And then I think Holloway, I mean, if you do it over three rounds, you assume Holloway's pace will just be ridiculous anyway. Yeah. And the Holloway that fought Volkanovski, certainly the first two rounds, I thought was vintage. He looks incredible. Oh, so he looked amazing. I wouldn't exactly favor Calvin in that fight right now. But, hey, if he wants to get to the champion, what better way than to beat the guy who could actually be the champion? Not bad at all. all right, listen, you said it, it, the card as a whole, five decisions on the main card. <laughs> now, listen, in fairness, they, they were, what, five out of six finishes on the prelims. Yes. So it was the main card, but it does – I know we're only two fights in, but man, is that bigger cage causing some slower fights or some or, or you know, I, I've always been a proponent of the small cage, man. I just believe it does force the action a little bit more. I don't see honestly how you could argue that it doesn't. I know Dana says that it doesn't. I, I'm gonna have to disagree with them, but. After two fight cards, are we seeing that maybe that small cage would be better? Well, Dana's argument was, right, if I'm not mistaken, that, oh, are you suggesting that the, the fights in Jacksonville weren't good, like Tony versus Gage, and they were incredible, right? That was one of the most stacked cards we've had in quite some time. <laughs> right. With very good matchmaking. I do think uh, there's a caveat, right? These guys are fighting at 3, 4 in the morning. And true, too. I, 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 well, none of them want to say that that's an issue. I, you got to imagine it is. I know for me, watching the fucking things, it's an issue. <laughs> so I can't imagine what it's like being in there. Um, so I, I, I want to give it. I, I'd like to get back to the states, and but it, you know, all that bullshit aside, how can you deny it, man? They, they, it's it, it, visually as well. You see the difference in a thirty foot cage and twenty five. They, they have so much more room. Right. 
So yeah, I mean, listen, two fight cards, mostly decisions. Cut half that cage in half. <laughs> I don't care what we have to do. Let's get them in there. I'm telling you, man, it's something I'm going to pay attention. To. I mean, look, you're right. You can't not mention the time, which is it does have to mess with people a little bit. You know, a lot of people taking short notice uh, replacements, fights, and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, Jimmy Vera was a guy that was like, "Hey, I realized right away like my gas tank wasn't going to be there, yeah. so I had to kind of pace myself a little bit." So there's a lot of. I mean, it's too. It's it, you can't just clearly say, "Yep, that's that's all it is." But man, it's just we've seen enough. Like, we didn't see the small cage for a long time. Like, because right. USC basically didn't go to any venues that were too small, right? Yeah. But then we went to the Apex, and we've seen so many cars right in a row that just seem to be delivering that you think, I don't know, man. Well, it's it's kind of like, so uh, the first fight of the main card was Al-Hassan versus Munir, right? I, I know I've got their first name, last name, whatever. You know, the the... It's not like those two weren't trying to finish each other. Those guys had a great fight, and there's a great flurry in the first round. But you wonder, if they were in a 25-foot cage where there's less time to just move around and kind of save some breath, mm -hmm. do you get a finish? Do you get the, Do people get tired from the pressure that earns the finish from the other guy? I, I think, like you just said, the evidence is somewhat stacking up and hard to deny. And I think as for Dana being like, oh, it's a production issue, he thinks that the 25-foot cage looks too small, in the big arena, I would argue there are ways to fix production to make that not look the case that are better than like dealing with worse fights. I agree, right? You know, if the, if put the some good. closer to the cage, it won't look that small. Or maybe don't go so wide on the camera when Bruce does the big spiel. You know, there are ways you can hide that effect, and I think the action you would get would outweigh the who's sitting at home going, "Tell you what, man, that cage." It's a bit dinky for me, you know. <laughs> like, who's doing kind of kind of rinky dink organization are we yeah, running here? Yeah, so I agree. Well, it's, just, it's something I want to continue following. So, you, you know, uh, as far as the decisions go, you know, Tim Elliott over Ryan Benoit. Uh, funny that these guys got elevated to the to the co-main spot uh, because of the, the the late shuffle. Uh, it turned out that they they panned out and ended up being excited. I thought Tim Elliott's attitude was just phenomenal coming yeah. in. He's like, "Hey, all you gotta do is lose three in a row and you get bumped up to the co-main. <laughs> oh, and you get a new USC deal, yeah. you know." But, but he was great. Uh, I understand Ryan was a little frustrated with the decision. I can see the argument um, for, for scoring it the other way. In fact, I think our own MMA junkie uh, play-by-play, -play, which I was not doing because I was working in the back, had it going the other way. Um, but I'll be honest, I, I I thought it was a close fight, and I was pretty happy for Tim Elliott. Man, he's a good dude. And uh, I know how hard uh, the losses uh, have been for him, and now he's kind of uh, kind of gone back to his roots with James Krause, and I thought this was a, a, a big result for him. He picked up James a lot as well. He obviously feels that he owes a lot to James. He made a point of mentioning how great a coach he was multiple times. And, you know, these guys, like, uh, for the most part, most fighters are pretty cool. Well, not about cool. They're <laughs> usually insane. But for the most part, they're very, like, affable and friendly at a certain level. And Tim's one of those guys. He's a very charming guy to talk to. We spoke to him at Media Day, yep. and he's a pretty cool dude. And um, you know when it, three in a row is like, uh, but if you start hitting four in a row, you know you know you're not long for this this promotion. Right. You don't want to see anyone lose their job, especially now. Like you know, oh, yeah. so I was happy to see him win. I felt like he 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 deserved it, and I felt that when you we spoke to him, and he you know he said about the pressure of three losses and everything. I, it's hard not to feel like. You know, a bit of happiness for the guy. No doubt about it. Jimmy Rivera picked up the win over Cody Stamen. Uh 
I mean, listen, it was a featherweight fight, but it was it was put together on such short notice. I, I hate to say you just throw it out because I, I still believe Cody has a big upside as well, but I don't know, just the circumstances of how far they had to travel, I, I, how yeah. quick it goes. It just, to me, it's like, okay, two guys got in there and fought, but I don't feel like, boy, you know what we learned about him? He is what yeah. we thought. Or, you know, Cody's not the guy. To me, I, I know you can't just write off a performance, but to me, I, I don't know. I just – and, again, I'm, I'm happy that Jimmy won because here's another guy that, uh, you know, dealt with COVID, uh, that dealt with setbacks, but you're talking about facing, you know, the absolute best in the division, you know. Uh, so I, I believe he's still a talented guy, and so I believe it was good for him to get back on the winning track. But as far as, like, what did you earn with this or, or, or what did we find out about Cody that we didn't think we knew, to me this fight is just, hey, man, two guys got in there and got paid, and, and I'm not putting much stock in it outside of that. I completely agree. In fact, you said oh, you shouldn't really write it off. I actually do think you can write it off because not, to me they both fought how, – how, how much notice do they have? Like A week. Yeah. <laughs> And they both fought like guys who had a week's notice. And had to fly to Abu Dhabi. Yeah, it just, to me, and quarantine for 48 yep. hours, it just, it, it, you know, it sounds like an insult. I'm not insulting them, but it, it seemed like more like a, a high-level sparring right. bout. You know, I think both of them knew their gas wasn't there. And it just to me, it seemed like a fight between two dudes, not in their own division, no preparation, paycheck and a coronavirus pandemic. And, and I think uh, you should, it, it's almost like, uh, you know how, you get comic books or movie canon like oh that's like a, a throwaway that's not canon sure. so that fight's not UFC canon like that doesn't count it's just like a they put it on as a, a what if scenario I kind of feel that way man I, I just don't think you put too much stock in it so uh, Taylor Santos on the other hand I will put some stock in that man God damn. she looked good man I'll tell you what um, you know, Molly McCann, of course, tough. You always expect her to come out there and and, uh, and, and do what she does. And obviously, she prefers to box. But uh, man, I, I thought Santos kind of put it all together. Man, I just I, I I didn't think she was that good. And uh, she she really and I know it's again it's just one performance and styles make fights and maybe that's just the way it kind of you know lines up or whatever. But I dude, I I was uh, I was impressed. Yeah, listen, um, I like Molly a lot. You know, she's a pretty cool person, and I think. Um Hilarious person. She's I mean, great. She's, yeah, yeah. She, she's great, and she seems super sweet and stuff like that. But I think uh, when you're like your fourth or fifth UFC fight, and the only sort of uh, trait that's being linked to you is how tough you are. That's true. It's it's um, you need to start making adjustments. We'll right. say. And I think actually, to be honest, like at the beginning, I felt her boxing looked quite nice. She was throwing uh, this big point under broadcast, she was throwing a few mass little combinations, yeah. switching switching stances, and she slipped. But she never. Maybe in the third, she started getting it a little bit, but too little, too late. Never dealt with the range at all. Never really dealt. And she was just getting, she was getting pieced up, man. She was getting pieced up. And I, I think, uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those things, right? You, you know, very popular fighters. And she, she she needs to start getting some signature wins, you know. That's sort of for, for money. No question about it. All right. The the revelation, I think, on the, on the uh, main card was Munir Laziz. We were pretty high on this guy after meeting him, talking to him. Uh, First of know, all, what a handsome man! Uh, just an incredibly good-looking man. <laughs> I mean, and well-spoken. Oh I my mean, God. just the, the this voice like the angels <laughs> themselves. <laughs> the dulcet tones. Yeah. Now, listen, man. The guy is smooth all the way around. He's polished. He's calm. He's um, and 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 I'm talking about just outside of the cage. Yeah, the same yeah. way inside of the cage, too, man. You know, and and of course. Uh, no secret, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Abdul Razak Hassan. I, I, I was happy to see him return. Um, I did honestly get a little bit worried because he's, you know, you know he's been gone yeah, for two yeah. years. Uh, then he comes and misses weight, and and I kind of understand. I mean, there's no excuse for it, but I remember in the in the pre-fight interview thinking, man, he looks bigger than I remember. You I did mean, say that actually the same day. Yeah. You, you and. Uh 
I think Guillermo Cruz from MMA Fighting both said, well, he looks bigger than usual. Yeah, he looks bigger than I remembered him. And so then he ends up missing weight. Okay, that sucks. Um, but then to to come out and, dude, he's just going guns blazing right at the start. And as, not as, like that's any shock. Yeah, as per usual. Not yeah. that that's any shock. But, man, I, I thought it was, to me at least, a little bit clear that Munir was dealing with it really well, but he just kept pouring it on, pouring it on. You're like, dude, you're going to burn yourself out. Right, so I had a friend of mine watching at home, and he was texting me going, oh, how did he not go down? But from where I was sitting by cage side, in your seat, actually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> where I was sitting cage side, they were right next to uh, the panel that I was behind. Right. And you could see quite clearly Munir was blocking basically because he because he wasn't mixing up he was just throwing right hand right, right hand right hand and he was blocking basically every shot and glancing them off and then he started doing very good head movement man and we we said afterwards you know calm under pressure my yeah. you know just super slick super calm and uh you know when you throw that many shots that early and you're in your head you're like well this guy's going to sleep and they don't yeah that's a roadblock you have to overcome your cardio is then a roadblock you have to overcome i think alisson did well for it not to like just mess with him sure. right away, but yeah, he showed his grit. He did, yeah, but I think uh, once he once Munir survived that initial flurry, it gave him the opportunity to sort of start dictating the pace his own way. Right. Um, and he did. I, man, I thought he looked great. I I, I think I I came back stage after. And I saw you, and the first thing I said to you was like, that kid's a good fighter. Very good you fighter. Know, like, he's polished. You can yeah. see it. I mean, just yeah. the, the, the grace under pressure in there, you can see it. Yeah. And, uh, man, he's good. And, boy, you talk about a guy that has an opportunity to cash in on, you know, pandemic area MMA. We're talking about these opportunities. Look, do you have, look? we're coming back here. We already know that. We're, we know we're coming back in October. Are we, are we even leaving? I, uh, he's about to say, we're not even so sure that we're not coming back in September. We're not even so sure that we're even going to go home in August because, I mean, there's some real concerns that Nevada may shut down again. Um, and, again, this is all speculation yeah. because I, I, I'd like to think that the USC could, could talk to the government of Nevada and be like, look at this track record we have. Like, you know, not only – you know, look at look at all the the, the 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 steps that we're taking, but look what we've done, and we didn't have. You know, I'd like to think, but I mean, I understand too. That the government has to just. Well, you just you just know that uh, the USC is not going to be allowed to go if the casinos aren't right, because it's you would think. Stupid. Like Vegas is a very politic. You know, you know better than me. It's uh, yeah, it's a weird. I'm, ju I'm just home. Well, so anyway, it'd be not. It would be nice. Hopefully, we go get to go home in August, but um. Regardless, there's definitely going to be more shows here because yes. it's going to be a while before we can bring in, you know, these international fighters. And so here's a guy who's a Tunisian national, but he lives and trains in Abu Dhabi, or excuse me, in Dubai with uh, Team Nogueira over there. So it's just an hour down the road. Uh, man, he's a guy that you would think can can maybe develop a little name for himself during this run. I, I know this is going to be like so uh, super speculative, but Dana White is he's not like he doesn't keep his. Uh, feelings to it, like himself, right? You know, he's a pretty easy dude to read, right? And so when you see his reaction to a fighter, especially if they have an interaction, right, in the cage or right. outside the cage afterwards, you know who he like he likes, and he was big on Munir. They got bigger fight of the night, right? That is all sort of uh, s subliminal self like, subconscious messaging. Dana White likes that kid. It's, and, almo and it's almost like it's a, one of his contender series guys, right? Exactly. I mean, this is the guy that his son was told. Yeah, and yeah, running. yeah. And, uh, dude, I get it. Super polished. You know, didn't seem overwhelmed at all by the media. I suspect probably because he's, you know, maybe the biggest talent they've had in this region for a while. He's probably been pushed really high. Expectations. You know, so he's probably been trained almost for that stuff. So he, he didn't wilt under the spotlight at all. I was very impressed with his skills. You know, he's got some growth to do, sure, but I was 
I'm very impressed with him. And I think uh, he's going to be one of those guys. He might be like the Middle East version of they get a till or a con. Maybe not a Connor, right? That was that sort of. That's a tough. That's like that's like when you compare somebody to Muhammad Ali or whatever, yeah, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, hold but, on. But like a till where it's like this guy's huge in this region. Let's build this region around him. Yeah. But he, I mean, it has the advantage of this is the only fucking region in the world that can have shows right now. That's right. Probably the first that's going to have crowds. So I, I could see. If they have a show over here, he's going to be on it, and I'd say he's going to he's slowly make his way up the card. You know, next time he's probably going to be the third fight. And, and listen, the guys, guys, smart called out Mike Perry. That's a great fight. I'd watch that fight great right fight. now. That's a great fight. Admittedly, Mike's not really. He's probably not going to fight anytime real soon. He's too busy dyeing his hair. <laughs> oh my goodness! But um, that was a little concerning. Yeah, do you remember when he said Jose Young's your hair looks friendly? I was like, who's fucking hair? Wow! Who's I hair? totally <laughs> forgot. About who's that? hair's friendly oh. now, Mike? I bet Youngs is just itching to go off on him, man. Yeah, well, That's funny. Perry, I totally might go, that. Perry might go off on him, and yeah. that would be a bit different. But, yeah, so I don't think Mike can take that fight now. But I would imagine there are certain fighters, especially like at welterweight, that have name value. Like Emil Meek hasn't been around for a while, right? But people right. remember him because he's a bit of a character. That's a good fight. Yeah. Like fighters like that. Yeah, they don't have to rush him to the top. No, I think it'd be wrong to do so. I agree. All right, let's let's do, let's hear because I, as you said, he was polished in the cage. I thought he was polished on the mic as well. Uh, let's hear a little bit from uh, Munir Laziz. Well, congratulations on uh, on a uh, very great performance from you tonight. Tell me uh, kind of how this thing played out versus your expectations and the, and the thoughts that you had in, in your mind. Uh, yeah. Say it again, please. I didn't tell you. Yeah, great performance tonight. How did it play out versus your expectations? I know you've been thinking of this moment for a long time. So how, how did it go versus your expectations? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's weird. I feel uh, normal because I've been uh, seeing this in my mind. It's uh, it's just, uh, you know, just a moment. Uh, I feel it just, uh, you know, like any other fight. I felt that. Uh, calm, compose in the beginning, and then uh, we get two or three punching, and we go to the scrap, and uh, you know, and then we adjust, we readjust, and uh, we pick the second and third round, you know, with uh, domination. Uh, I'm happy, and uh, yes, this is just the beginning. I think what was so impressive was your composure, how relaxed you were. Were there any nerves at all that we hear about, you know, people in their in their debuts? Not actually, to be honest. Like I told you, I visualized this moment since long time. And uh, I've been waiting for it, you know. It just, uh, it's enough if I see it. If everybody else, they don't see it enough if I see it. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, happy to go get my pizza. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> we won't keep you long, then. Uh, he came out with a, a flurry to start out with. Did, did any of those punches connect clean? And, and did you expect that kind of barrage to start with? Yes. Uh, I know he's a heavy hitter, you know. Uh, that's exactly the plan of Majd, uh, Mahdi, my <laughs> one of my uh, guy who he like to spar every single day. He know I have a sheen, but uh, my coach Sean he said to me always hit, don't get hit. And Mahdi said to me, I know you will hit only if you get hit. So uh, I'm happy with it. I get a couple of punch. I entertain people, and uh, that's exactly you know what we planned for. You know, it's never perfect. Uh, we get the deal done. That's the most important. Yeah, last thing for me, I mean, a lot of people didn't know who you were, but they're very impressed by your debut. So where do you go from here? I mean, do you feel like you're, you know, you can be a contender in, in quick fashion, or do you feel like you're still developing early in your career? What's the, what's the path for you? You know, um, 
it's always hard in this sport to stay humble and uh, this is uh, this is just the beginning I, you know I, I talk guy I think he's top 15 I don't know exactly but I think uh, now my name will go to the ranking exactly uh, direct so uh, Dana is happy UFC are happy that's the most important and uh, I will step back to talk to my management now uh, I think uh, UFC their uh, capital is in Abu Dhabi I'm here in Dubai so I'm healthy I'm ready to go I think just give me two weeks notice and uh, I can take anyone from top 15, you know. I want to take my career uh, step by step, but it's hard nowadays because, uh, you know, there is a lot of uh, new talent and uh, they would like to stay busy. So that's exactly what I'm planning, to, to stay busy as well too and show my case in my home, uh, my second hometown. You know, I hope uh, all of you, you enjoyed the show tonight, you know. one super talented uh, debuting UFC fighter to another, Kamzat Shemaev. How about this guy, man? You know, I I, uh, I, I, I tweeted a while back, Ali Abdelaziz reached out to me, and, uh, you know, Ali, of course, is, is always pretty much a cheerleader for his fighters. I mean, he thinks everybody's great. But this was on another level. He was like, he was like this dude, this is Habib 2.0. And I was like, all right, come, come on, dog. Come on, man. You, that's That's – let this dude make his debut. He's 6-0 and right now, right? But, man, I got to say, uh, sure, Styles make fights, and Sean Phillips does not have the greatest takedown defense of all time. But, man, you talk about absolute domination from start to finish. And another guy that, you know, I, I, I like Habib 2.0, but, you know, and, and Habib has started to embrace that little subtle trash talk, the subtle promotional side. I mean, Habib is never going to be a big trash talker. And not everybody has to be a trash talker. But we all agree it's, you know, promoting fights is a big part of it too. Um, but Kamzat, man, he had a little swagger on the mic too, even though it's his second language. Like, it was fun. Yeah, he was – dude, he uh, – again, we talked about Munir, like about making the most of it. I mean, he smashed John Phillips. There's no two smashed. ways about it. Uh, in fact, w earning one, of, I think, possibly the third 10-7 in MMA history, which I've been mean, doing that in debut. Yeah. It, uh, it, listen, we're in a world where we just saw Usman versus Mazda, right? And we saw the reaction to that fight of a grappling-heavy fight where people shit on it, basically. Mm -hmm. So if you can be a heavy grappler but be very entertaining to watch, yes. it's a niche market in a niche sport. You know, Khabib can come in there and not... No Khabib fight's boring because of what he can do. And this guy, I think, is in the same sort of vein. You know, he's a very heavy grappler, but my God, does he... It's scary. It's scary, right? Right. It's, and then, it's like you said on the microphone, he, he, I'm here to, like, take out the Instagram guys and stuff like that. Like, wouldn't name any of them, I feel like. <laughs> wouldn't name any of them. Ah, that was great. Yeah, by the way, uh, well, I'm going to play this too, but you'll hear uh, Guillermo Cruz from MMA Fighting tries to push him to name somebody and Reza Madadi, uh, who was his coach was off to the side being like, uh, -uh stop. You know what you're doing right now. Don't do it. Don't do it. He, he, uh, like Reza was come ready to come over and punch Guillermo. So, uh, it was good. We almost got, I mean, Hey, what do you expect from mad dog? So yeah, I listen, even though English is a second language and, and, and we just played one audio, I did want to play this cause I thought these two guys to me, I mean, I love, I love identifying those, those talents early yeah. on. And those two get, these two guys both stood out to me. Um, it's just incredible debuts. So uh, I, I want to play a little bit of this. Like I said, even cut him some slack. It's a second language, but he's, he's got a little swagger in it. Congratulations on your, on your victory. Obviously, a, a UFC debut. Very impressive performance. How, how are you feeling right now? 
feel amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was good. <laughs> so fast. I want to be there more. Allowed to smash somebody. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of excitement about your debut, and people were excited. What was your feeling coming in? Were, were there nerves at all? Did you get no? I never nervous for the fight. I love that. I did from the ball. I'm from, born from Chechnya. Uh, it. I'm born for that. Nice. You uh, were dominating, uh, but you ended up going for the submission. It looked like you might get the TKO early on. Did you did you change in your mind that hey, this guy's not going to give up the punches? I got to go to the grappling instead. No, uh, uh, I did the same thing like my last fight. I first round smash him, smash him. He get tired and choke him out. Like same submission I did. He was uh, in Abu Dhabi also. My last fight, eight, seven, eight months before. And last thing for me, uh, like I said, people are excited about your possibilities. Uh, what do you want to do next? Are you hoping to fight quickly? Do you want to take some time? What's what's next for you? Yeah, I said to Dana I want to fight next week, but my coach, uh, my brother uh, Reza Madadi, he was in the UFC. Everybody know him. He's an amazing fighter. He said to me, listen to me. We're going to take the fight. Take take it easy now, <laughs> not, not next week. But I listen to him. He, maybe next month, one two months, come back and smash somebody again. I want to take the good fighters. Not it's don't was my in division. I, not my level also. Uh, I want to fight with top 15. Donald Cirona. I love this guy. I gonna smash this guy. What do you think is is on your level? Here, who do you think is on your level and you will smash next? Because I'm, I'm, I train with the guys, the top guys, Alexander Gustafsson and Elir Latifi, Reza Madadi, the old guys, it was the top fighters in the UFC. I do sparring every day with them. Uh, I know why, why, what I can do. They know, they teach me, but now I'm waiting for the something good. <laughs> uh, I can do, we're gonna fight with everybody, Kamaru Usman and uh, the Wadu Pito. With what is name for this guy, gangster? <laughs> I don't remember. Remember the Hans Rugit Mutan? Kamaru Usman or the Andra, remember that? Jorge Massa, yeah, Jorge Massa, I forget his name. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm have, I have same level like these guys, yeah. You've 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 only been been fighting professionally in MMA for for two years. Uh, how long do you think you're gonna take for you to to get to those fights? Uh, I hope I'm gonna take this belt one two years. So I don't want to sitting here and uh, to be Instagram fighter like many guys to do. Now I'm gonna smash everybody. I want to smash everybody. I love this. Take money, smash somebody. It's amazing. Do you think John Phillips is an, an Instagram fighter? No, I don't think so. But uh, he's a tough guy. I ah, so hard punch to his face. <laughs> he don't give up, and I finish him with the choke. Yeah, he's a good fighter. I am, but not my not my level. You say you say everybody know that now. Don't have to say. <laughs> Who do you think of in 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 the division is a, a Instagram fighter? Yeah, that doesn't mean anybody. Yeah, what did you try? I don't try nothing. Yeah. It's just well, no wait. Really. He said I don't want to be Instagram fighter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
uh, no problem. I don't mean somebody, but they, they, you know, people know who is Instagram fighter, who I mean. Many people like love to be fighter, take the pictures and they talk too much, but they don't want to fight. When they go to the cage, they scare. But I want to fight. I love the fight. Uh, I don't know what I can say now. All right, so a couple of uh, names to remember there, to say the least. Uh, Lerone Murphy picked up the first round win over Ricardo Ramos. Uh, dude, I, I, look, I, I, I told people uh, to, to watch out for this fight that I thought it could be kind of a low-key banger, you know, so that people weren't paying attention. I, I think, you know, two, two talented guys. Um, Lerone just might be the real deal, man. Yeah, listen, again, just it's all about making the best of a moment, right? And, and, and I know we've sort of said this, I've said this three times over already, but in the world that we're in in the climate that we're in the UFC are looking for reliable exciting fights that they can just churn over quickly we've seen what's happening with their big names right they can't get well they just got Maslow in a cage right. John Jones is nowhere to be seen Cejudo's off Connor is living retirement so they can't get their big names in there so what they need then if, if they can't get the explosions in their movie they need the bullets they need the, sm the smaller names that can give them the excitement right fights like this finishes that's what they're needing right now. And if you do it, they'll book you again sooner rather than later. Churn it. Make it momentum. So, man, I thought that was a fantastic performance. Another fantastic performance, Odessus Bukaskis. Uh, Cage Warriors vet. Uh, a lot of people that, that follow Every the, single person on the card. Is a lot of Cage Warriors vets, man. You know, but you, you, people that talk about uh, following the European scene, man, I think they knew this kid uh, could potentially be the real deal. Uh, fantastic performance. Great win. He's such a well-spoken guy, too, man. He's fun to talk to. Um, but I guess... I just want to talk briefly about the finish because it was a really weird finish. Um, big elbows against the cage, uh, and, and Andres Mikuletis, uh staggered a little bit. And then he was in an unfortunate position because I will say this. He went to lean back, and the fence wasn't there because that part of the fence was actually the door, and the <laughs> door had been opened. He had no way to know that. In many ways, it kind of reminded me um, of when Chandler had his stool pulled out from under him. Yeah. Um, and, and so it was like, oh, man, I went to lean on something I thought was there. So, of course, it looks bad. But I got to say, uh, even though it was odd and it was clear what happened, I didn't have an issue with the stoppage. Like, he, he, he never responded to clear referee commands. And, yes, that looked worse than I guess it probably needed to had there been a normal fence there. But the point was not fighter, can you lean against the fence? It was fighter, can you get up, respond, and get to the corner? And he made no effort to do so. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching the finish right in front of me now. And I'll be honest, I, I thought the, the door issue took away from, like, it was clearly, I, it's one of those things, right? When you see a stoppage, how does a stopped fighter react? If they don't argue or put up a fight, probably a good indication I they agree. were ready to go and he even you know why why was he putting his back against the cage he, he could have stood up yeah the idea is to get up to prove that you're okay and because he, he was asked multiple times to stand up is the yes. end of it. and you know if your fight is not off the floor by the time the stool for the fighters in the cage so I actually had no problems with stoppage I thought it was a fair stoppage the, the elbows weren't illegal nope. I, ju I just thought visually 
you sort of think, oh, he stopped it because of the door thing. That's not the case. I think he was stopping it anyway. That's that's what I wanted to point out. That yes, it was weird. It's, it's something I don't think I've ever seen before. Like where yeah. somebody tries to lean against that. Um, and and I understand that it, it may have looked worse because of that, but I still think the stoppage was fine. Absolutely, I and I, I think it's just uh, to be honest, I think it was just a bad coincidence. Really, I, I, I do too. I, I think the referee was probably on his way to stop it before he even fell out the door. Right. That was just the. <laughs> the ceiling. <laughs> it just did it. Uh, Jared Gordon, man, got to mention Jared Gordon for the the, the the United decision win over Chris Fishgold, and just the madness that has ensued, you know, surrounded this man's life. Yeah, you I thought mean, your 2020 was shit. Oh my god, dude! I mean, when he started talking about everything, and you know, of course, we knew going in that he, he didn't have his corners with them. Um, that he he ended up having a false positive while he was here. That I mean, just. The, it's worth going to check it out. I mean, it, it got quite a bit of coverage, so most people I would think may have seen some of this or all of it even. If not, go to the MMA Junkie YouTube or go to the Mac Life YouTube. Nominated. Oh, it's not there? No, oh. no I said nominated. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's funny. Any opportunity. Yeah, yeah throw it in there. Um, you could go there and check it out too. But, um, man, what this guy went through, you know, it's funny. I just asked him in the in the post-fight, like, can you explain to me, like, what you've been it's, it, He gives like a nine-minute answer. It was literally nine minutes. I was but, watching it. But – it's not nine minutes where you're like, it's what is this guy talking about? It's, it's incredibly compelling, compelling yeah. uh, of what this guy went through. So it's just uh, the dude deserves credit, man. He, you know, he, he basically, uh, you know, was quarantined back home in Florida and then came over here and lost his corner, thought he was going to be positive. His, his uh, fiance uh, had a miscarriage. I mean, just, uh, just I mean, I, I don't you couldn't make a worse yeah. set of circumstances. Yeah, every like fuck thing that could happen, it really did. And it was, he told it in a compelling way, right? He told the whole narrative of like, okay, so it started off here, here, and here. And it's one of those things, right? When you talk about like mentally tough, how mentally tough fighters have to be. I mean, Jesus, I think in media we feel like, oh, we can roll with the punches. Yeah. The schedule changes. I can still be there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the bus is ready half an hour early. Oh, my God. Geez, but when you hear about these guys, like, yeah, man. And the miscarriage thing, I think, was probably the thing that will emotionally like, stick with people that yeah, remain for, the, for the really, like, of course. fairly so. To be able to, like, first of all, his poor missus, like, has a miscarriage, then gets COVID, like, three days later. So, fucking enjoy that. Can't even know? have can't even have her, her man there to help grieve and help process. Yeah, and actually, you know, without getting all too sentimental, I don't want to give women too much credit, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's uh, it's crazy. That's me fired. But it's crazy to me that uh, every, uh, fighting is a selfish profession. It really, really is selfish profession because you have to devote every single no bit of your fiber no to question. it. We heard Darren Till saying, oh, I don't give a fuck about my kids. <laughs> Which I don't think he meant. But, you know, like that's, that's the level of selfishness you need to have. And so, the, like, Jagger is, is an amazing woman to be able to do this and say, no, you've got to get out, get out of the house. we got to get you over there. Uh, anyway, I'm getting sort of sidetracked, but uh, really incredible guts to even get to the cage, yep. let alone win the fight. Pretty impressive stuff. Liana Jujua picked up the submission win over Diana Balbita. Uh, Liana Jujua uh, had this arm bar for quite some time, had to make a few adjustments and, uh, and finally got it. And, yeah, I thought she was going to break the arm, man. She was yeah. she was getting in some bad spots. It was a bit squeamish then. It right? was. And uh, and Jack Shore picked up the win over Aaron Phillips. Uh, listen, I, I think Jack Shore is the real deal, man. I, I honestly do believe he's a legit talent. Uh, again, another Cage Warriors guy that, uh, you know, sees in there. And, and, and a lot of people have been saying his name for a while. And I think, 
I think rightfully so. I think this kid's the real deal. He looks good, and he also had a great attitude about, like, I'm not rushing it. I want mm -hmm. to improve in the gym. He knows he's young. I, I think, uh, you know when Sage and Mickey Gall, Sage and Northcott and Mickey Gall were sure. a thing, like you saw sort of two colliding paths? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack Shaw's better than both those guys. But I think that him and Nathaniel Wood, I know there was like the thing in Cage Warriors where they're going to meet. I just feel like I watched him and the first thing I thought when I watched him I was like, oh, him versus Nathaniel. Be a great fight. That's a fun fight. Like fun little regional thing as well. I just feel like there's a... It's going to happen. There's a collision point. path there and it's, it's as a European there's something I'm, I'm interested in seeing. Just seeing how those two sort of parallel run up the ranks. I dig it. Well, listen, as soon as that fight was over again, we came back here uh, grabbed a little bit of sleep and then uh, changed gears and started getting ready for uh, UFC on ESPN Plus 30, Figueredo versus Benavides 2. How crazy is this, man? So, you know, the flyweight title's on the line, the vacant flyweight belt. They competed for it earlier this year. Figueredo misses weight, so he doesn't get to win the belt. So that's odd. <laughs> but then yeah, you have is. a fight that ends in rather odd fashion when they have a clash of heads, a headbutt, if you will, but it was one that, in fairness, was it was Joseph's fault, I guess you would say. I mean, he was the one that was kind of leaning in, and then he, as he's stunned by that, Figueredo in that exact moment seizes the moment, gets the finish, uh, but no title changes hands. Is, is that the first time the UFC have done it where it's like, this guy can win a title, but that guy can't, that the guy who can't won the fight? I think so. Because Holloway beat Pettis... Romero lost to Whitaker. Yep. I don't know if that was one. Or, or did Romero beat Rockhold, right? No, that was was that an interim? Fuck, I can't even remember. I don't remember one of I'm sure it, it probably has. Happened. It feels. Let's say. But it, I don't remember. Let's say it is just a it's the first time in MMA history. There you go. At, of any organization ever. It, I think combat sports history actually. Totally, 100. <laughs> percent That's a proven fact. Don't yeah. even bother looking it up. We're right. <laughs> We're 100 right on that. Uh, so, so, so now. Now we run it back. So, so it's so funny. You have this fight that's surrounded by oddities, and then we go to do it again, and it's surrounded by oddities again, you know, yeah. with all this, this COVID-19 testing for Davis and Figueroa. He's, he's positive two months ago, and, you know, he, well, I, he, now he's positive again. Two days he's ago. Like, <laughs> he's like, well, I can't be positive now. I was positive then. And so it seems Herd like he's okay. He doesn't work. I'm telling you, man. He's, so he's here now. We didn't get to talk to him tonight because he's uh, in quarantine. He's finishing up his quarantine. I think he should be done pretty soon, but we, it wasn't in time for our media day. Um, you know, I've seen some quotes. He says, look, the weight's, the weight's better than it was. I'm not concerned about the weight. Fucking but, wants to be. Yeah, but who knows? We'll see. Um, <laughs> you know, it just, it just seems weird to me. And, and I will say, look – I've been high on Davis and Figueredo since he came to the UFC. I, I told us to look. This dude looked has all the looks of a future champion. Man, he's powerful. He's strong. He's aggressive. Like I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of his. But of course, if you like MMA, you like Joseph Benavidez. Man, the dude is is one of the nicest people. And and I, I don't know. I, I would think that even if you're just a casual observer of the sport, you you would you would like Joseph Benavidez. It's probably made even bigger by us in like the Vegas scene because he's yeah. around and he's cool, dude. He's he's just a nice guy. And you, you do feel like, and we did get a chance to speak to Joseph tonight, and, and you do feel kind of like what he, I mean, he admitted. He's like, it's my last shot. He's like, this is my, my, my last shot. He probably it. felt that going into the last one. Probably did. I mean, that's how heartbroken he was afterwards, man. So, 
Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Joseph because he's getting another opportunity, and that's great, man. And, again, I, I keep saying, like, I want to see him have his Michael Bisping moment. You know, the guy that's been around the sport forever, the guy that was in those discussions. It's crazy to think of it like that, but it would be a Bisping moment. That's what I think it is, and, and I think he deserves that. A guy that's put as much as he has in, you know, from the WC days to the UFC days, I, I, I would love to see it for him because he is on that, that, you know, list of greatest fighters that didn't win a title or what have you. Um, but, man – I feel gutted for him because, hey, well, if you I mean, figure out it's a tough out. I mean, his record proves it. But now you add in all this weirdness around it, and it's like, is is I don't think Joseph's focus would be off, but like, doesn't that just make it more complicated and more complex? Well, you say about his focus, and I found his media scrum today quite interesting because you would assume, right, if what Joseph clearly perceives to be a fluke accident with the headbutt, right, he clearly sees that as like a, I was winning, that happened, it fucked me. Right. You would think, immediately, he said, I got offered the rematch in the back while I was getting stitches on. Right. You would think that would be one of the most motivating things. Oh, yeah, so he, he snuck that past me. I'm going to get it next time. But he said, it's traumatic. He said, I sat and wallowed for, for ages. He yeah. said, you know, I, I couldn't get over it. And if I didn't have my wife and the dog, um, you know, it would have been really tough for me. That is not the reaction I would have expected, especially from a veteran of his uh, tenure. So that was interesting to me that he took it so badly, and I, I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if that's because you know maybe in his head mentally it was his last chance and he really felt it was over and I don't know just to me something seemed uh, interesting that he wasn't fired up by it and rather more like oh god I mean listen obviously I've been covering Joseph's career for a long time and especially with him being a Vegas guy for for a very long period of time we've had a, a firsthand you know to see it up close for a long time and I do know. That man, he, there was so much discussion for so many years about title shot this and title shot that that I do think he kind of started creating this like mental wall almost where it's just like, you know what, man? If I win, I win. If yeah. I don't, I don't. Uh, you know, this this will not define me as who I am as a person. So, like, I, I feel like he's been kind of reaching this point for a long time where it's almost like, eh, I'm, I'm. But you're right. It is a little bit kind of weird that you're like, all right, man. Here it is again. Like let's let's see the fire, man. Let's yeah. see the drive, the determination, the passion. Um, yeah, I don't want to say it's off-putting, but it's just it is it's it's a little different. Well, like, if we do the Bisping comparisons, which isn't fair, Bisping's a Hall of Famer. You know, like it's uh, you, certain unique characters in the sport. Bisping's one of them. Bisping's tenacity never left him. You know, he, he lost. Oh, I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna right. be back. Benavides is a chill dude. He's not you know from a slum like Manchester. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Just throwing out the the inter English shade. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Um, but you know, he he never lost it. But Benavides is a bit different, like that. Benavides a bit more sort of Cali, like chilled out kind right. of guy. But yeah, I was, I, it just uh, it struck me as odd. You know, if you thought you you lost your last chance and then it got put on the table in front of you, I feel like you'd be reinvigorated to a point you. You wouldn't let it go again. Right. I just didn't get that from him. But listen, fucking dude, he's in Abu Dhabi. He's probably flown in. He's probably just got out of his room. He's probably going for a weight cut. So we're looking into a lot of stuff that we probably don't need to Off be. a single conversation. Yeah. That I was like, you know, half listening to because I was working. <laughs> you know, but other than that, like, but I can be steadfast in my, you know, opinions. But yeah, yeah. But and then on the flip side, he's got to fight a dangerous dude in Figueredo who I think is a stud, man. I think is a real stud. I too. So I too. It's an interesting fight. I think. I think uh, if you've been a long time MMA fan, you kind of almost have to be pulling for Joseph because it's like 
you always want to see them get their shine, right? Faber never got one. Faber right. never got the title, and and you've got WC title, which should be considered lineal. Right. But uh, but you know, y- after a while, if someone's been around for so long, like Bisping, you know, even if you thought they were a dickhead at the beginning, if they round long enough, you have to kind of just grow sort of a a feeling of camaraderie with them and I think Benavides is like that you know so you want to see him get his moment that's it man the co-main event is a fight that I I, I, mean, I gotta think man it's one of the most exciting fights out of all the lineups you know what I mean we're sure. again you know the title fights of course take precedence in most situations but as far as matchups that I was like can't wait for that one Kelvin Gastelum versus Jack Hermanson um, man a big fight for both guys too it, it really is two guys I think you know both coming off losses but both very very much relevant uh, in in the middleweight picture and and uh, man, I mean, one of them is going to take an, another step back and and one of them has an opportunity to prove that they still belong in that that talent rich part at the at the top. Uh, Kelvin Gaston, of course, back to back losses. Now one of them, I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest fights of all time. So you time, you know, I mean, you're just literally one of the greatest fights. That he, of all that time. he was like a takedown attempt away from a win if, so he, crazy. if he didn't make that decision. Isn't that right? So crazy, man. So, you know, you, you take nothing away from that. But then, of course, you had the loss to Till where everybody was like and, – and he's come out and admitted after. He's like, I didn't have any business I, being I think, I think, I think uh, to be honest, the Till one has more of an asterisk than the Adesanya one because the Till one is – I mean, g- come on. Like, give the guy credit. He, he's never that shit. Right. And he looked so – I mean, maybe he was – you know, whatever. <laughs> but he looked, uh, he looked so subpar. So I think that loss is almost – we were talking about earlier with um, Jim Rivera, like it's almost like I don't consider that like canon, as it were, because he right. just looked so out of sorts. Yep. And um, he's come out and said, "Look, mentally, physically, I was not in a good place. It was not a good place for me." So uh, excited to see what he brings to the table. He believes he's he's reinvigorated mentally and physically at this point. Uh, came in today wearing the traditional garb of the of the Middle East. Certainly received a reaction. Yeah, we we <laughs> we, uh, we had a chance to talk to him. So I'll, we'll play a few minutes of that. This is uh, me and you, uh, and a couple of minutes of our conversation with Kelvin Gaston. Well, Kelvin, talk about the uh, the guard that you got on. Man, what inspired you to to, to get it? Uh, yeah, uh, I came last year for the Khabib fight, and um, yeah, you know, we ended up going to me, Henry, and Kamaru Usman, we ended up going to watch the fights with the Prince. I don't know which one, uh, the name, uh, but they, they greeted us. They, they treated us like family. It was awesome. I mean, we went to, to, to some property out in uh, Abu Dhabi, and uh, yeah, sure enough, first thing we got there, they, they, they put this on us, and uh, they also said, hey, there's going to be a tailor coming in, and he's going to get your measures, and he's going to give you another one. And so they gave us like two or three of these. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. it was a great gift. It's all right being back, man. It's been about nine months since you had a chance to fight. Oh, I mean, wow. It's back in fight week. What's the, uh, what's the feeling like for you right now? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in a really good place uh, mentally and physically, which uh, really wasn't the case for my last two fights. Um... You know, I'm not putting any, any excuses. You know, there's a lot of things that go behind the scenes for a lot of fighters, and but you know, that's in the past. It's neither here nor there. And so now I'm in a good place mentally, physically. Man, I I, I feel really good coming into this fight. Physically, of course, you just gotta let your body heal up, right? Nothing you can do yeah. about that. But mentally, 
How do you get recharged, refocused? Because I remember you saying last time you just kind of weren't really into it. So yeah, what, yeah. What, what happened that you could go, no, this is this is what I love. This is what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it was just some personal stuff going on behind the scenes in my life. And, you know, we eliminated that aspect. And, man, I feel like a resurgence in me. And, and I really enjoy the process for this camp, which really hasn't been the, the, the case in, in the past. And, you know, waking up, training, and, and dieting, and losing the weight. I enjoyed every single day of this process. And so I'm, I'm in a good place mentally, physically, bro. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. That's awesome here. I know what a competitive person you are. So the losses, I mean, you're talking about world-class competition. You're fighting the best in the world. But, I mean, have those setbacks, I mean, have they weighed heavy on you? Have you been, like, kind of... <laughs> sulking, like sulking a little bit over yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, last year I was supposed to fight in February for the title, and in my head I was going to be the world champion, you know. And then that didn't happen, you know. And and fought in April, lost, fought in November, and lost. And so yeah, it did. It did play a little bit. Of, you know, I I think I did go through a little bit of depression. I did. I, you know, I gained like 30 pounds and uh, had an injury and had to recover from that. And so I had to battle battle some demons in my off time and. Uh, you know what? I battled them. I, I conquered them. And here I am, man, ready to go. Nice. Talk about the matchup you have here. I mean, you've been at the top of the division for a while. Is this somebody that you had your eye on at all? Were you watching his career as he's developing? I know he's not quite – hasn't quite gotten to where you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Jack's just one of those guys that I've, I've had my eye on now because uh, he's a skilled guy. He's a highly ranked guy, and I think it's perfect for me. It's for, for, for me to start climbing up the ranks again. Yeah, last question for me. I was going to ask about that. I mean, are you talking about – ranks and titles I mean are you thinking about that at all or do you feel like it's more just you know getting back and getting results or are you thinking about what's what's the path to get me back to that title shot that's always uh, uh yeah I'm always on the, on that mindset my mindset is on a mission for gold always uh and so yes the, the, the I'm always thinking about what's the path that'll take me to the to the to the title and first up on the list is, is Jack Hermanson and I got a little hit list so he's he's up next he's up first Talk about that hit list. I think anyone who watched you against Darren Till would admit that probably wasn't your best performance and you looked a little off that night. It's one thing to lose, right, in a competitive fight against Israel or something, but it's another thing to lose when you're not your best. Do you, is that a fight you want to get back because of that reason? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I thought I wanted a rematch before. You know, I lost to guys like Neil Magny. I, got, I lost to Tyron Woodley, and I felt like you know maybe I'd like to have a rematch with those guys. But the feeling that I got after fighting Till, I've never wanted a rematch anymore. Then I want that. You know, I would love to run that back. You know, all respects to Darren Till. He had a great, phenomenal game plan that night and beat me fair and square. Um, but I, anybody that knows me, anybody that knows my style and that has seen me in my fights in the past knows that that wasn't me fighting at 100%. And so uh, I'd love to be able to run it back. Is it a weird feeling seeing him fight Robert Whitaker next week? Because if you had beaten him, you could have finally got that Whitaker fight. Is it just kind of a weird, a little no. extra chip on the shoulder? No, not weird at all because, I mean, the results are, are what they are. I lost to Till. He gets to fight the number one guy in the division now. Um, and I just got to work my way back up. You know, I'm not the guy that makes excuses or, or say this isn't fair. You know, I'm, I'm willing to work my way back up. When you talk about getting better mentally, was there something you had to change in your life or your behavior or was it just – just need time. You just needed time to sort of miss the sport and get back into it. I think it was a combination of things. Needed some, some to fix some things in my personal life, also in my professional life, and and also time to heal. You know, and I think it was a combination of all those things. And you know, this pandemic was kind of a, a 
blessing in disguise because I was able to, to, to work through those things. And, and here I am uh, on the other side. You know, I know a lot of people are at home or are going through worse things than I ever was, you know, and going through their own personal battles. And here I am on the other side. I work through my own personal demons and, and I'm okay. Yeah, it's all about momentum, guys, and and I want to be able to get back on that momentum. And yes, I I do want to be able to, you know, depending on what what happens in the fight, I do want to make a quick turnaround. Right. And, uh, you know, Kevin Gaston, a lot to gain here, a lot to lose here, too. I mean, I feel like there's a lot on the line, and it's very similar for Jack Hermanson as well. Uh, Jack Hermanson, you know, I think was finally starting to gain a little respect, finally starting to get, you know, some real true notice, uh, you know, and belief in him. And then he took the loss to Jerry Cannonier. Um, handled it in in professional fashion. I mean, uh, he's he's a he's a uh, he's a good dude, man. I've always been a fan of Hermanson, um, but you know now you either rebound and prove that you're still up at the top of that division, or you take another loss and now people start. Ah, it's just that guy from Europe. He's not that good anyway. Well, first of all, there's no shame in losing a cannon there. That guy's you know a powerhouse. Oh, it's amazing. So there's absolutely no no shame losing to Jared. I think Jared Cannon has actually had it rough because he's so he can't fight right now because he's injured. Right. What have you done for me lately in MMA? Right. I think Hermanson's great. I think, like you said, he sort of only just started to get the credit because he's an underspoken guy. He's a soft-spoken guy. He's yep. pretty sort of. Um, I don't know, he's got that chill sort of vibe to him, right? And, and, but that was something Kelvin I felt battled against for mm -hmm. a while until possibly the Adesanya fight, you know, you know the Bisping win, the, the Jack Ray win. It's something that they both sort of battled. I think uh, because of the way to, uh, G Gassam lost the till, because it was like so clearly not Gassam at his best, I feel like Gassam just needs one win and he's right back up there. You know, he, he never got the Whitaker fight. I really think, uh, I really think Gassam is just right there. I think, to, to be honest, Hermanson, as much as UFC don't like to do this, you could probably, if Hermanson beat Gassam, you could put him against the loser of Till Whitaker, and yeah. it would make sense. Yeah. But putting him against the winner wouldn't, right? That the winner would be a step above where right. he is. Whereas if you put Gassam one, he could fight the winner, and that it's would make true. sense, right? There's just a different sort of level. So this, this one is Hermanson's to. to to make a statement to win uh, how I see it playing out I mean it's all about what, who, which Kelvin comes to play right he yeah. seemed, se seemed in a good mood seems today seems re seems to be there I, do you know what it'd be interesting to see him at the weigh-ins because right remember the till weigh-ins he sort of uh, made weight sort of way but yeah, really, yeah, totally totally he's just sort of stretching out there wasn't he with his coach it'd be interesting to see him there I'd, I'd like to see him how he looks if he makes weight no problems no towels in sight you have to believe he's focused, but he needs to be focused, man. Because Manson's a dangerous dude. I agree. I agree. I'm I'm intrigued by this, and this was honestly one of my most anticipated fights out of the whole fight out of the lineup. So, uh, keyed up for that one. Um, you know, a couple other things: uh, Mark Diacasey versus Rafael Fiziev. Diacasey, uh, a guy that has a lot of upside, and uh, you know seems to be delivering on that once again. So we'll we'll see if he can keep that going. Uh, Fiziev, meanwhile, you know, lost his debut but bounced back with a win. So that could be. An exciting matchup there. Uh, Luana Carolina versus Ariana Lipsky, which, by the way, on paper looks stylistically like it should be a fun fight. Two strikers should be a good time. Uh, but 
Luana Carolina, how about that? They're like, uh, hey, you've been out for a long time. How you, how you, how you feeling? You doing okay? <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm good. Uh, I just had a fracture of my <laughs> spine I had to deal with. It was like, what? Sorry, say that I'm sorry, did you say a fracture of your spine? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it was crazy. Uh, I couldn't sleep on my side. <laughs> yeah, I had to lay on my back for a month. I couldn't even move for a month. I had to just stay there laying on my back. Like, it was wild. Anyway, I'm going to get into a yeah, fight but, now. But no, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. Yeah. So that crazy to see her uh, returning from that, man. Because I'll be honest, I had no idea Actually, she'd Actually, that, was, that, that. Was, to the listeners who, who weren't in the room, I'm going to fill you in. Sometimes there are fighters, you know, what's, the, what's the narrative for this fighter? You know, you haven't spoken to him in a while and stuff like that. And John obviously asked the first question, yeah. as is correctly you so know. good, sir. I ah, thank you, sir. And uh, I remember you said that, and she literally translated, yeah, so obviously she fractured her back. <laughs> and the uh, whole room went, oh, sorry, what? So, uh, and what? then John was <laughs> like, yeah, just uh, revisit what you just said there. Fractured your spine? <laughs> and then I don't think I think once you'd finished, no one asked any questions. Yeah. And then you she walked out, and then I think Cruz from MMA finally went, well, I guess you found a story there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. wild. So that's definitely going to be intriguing. I think it could be a fun matchup. But, yeah, I had no idea she was going through that. So that will be one to watch. Uh, Asker Askarov versus Alessandra Pantoja. Uh, realizing, of course, that uh, all the talk we had about Figueredo Benavides, if for some reason – uh, Figueredo misses weight, or we haven't made it there some yet. Other, yeah, right. Pantoja has been tapped as the backup. I did think it was interesting. Benavides actually kind of touched on that um, that he pushed for there to be a backup in place, which I thought was smart. I didn't know that. I thought the UFC had kind of made that call on their own. Um, but good for Benavides if that's what you know. If him and his camp were like, "Hey, we got to have a backup plan in place," well, like rightfully so. I, I do. I do wonder though. Pantoja sort of sort of brushed on it a little bit in his scrum. It must be a bit weird for a sort of a lower-ranked guy to get given a fight and then be told, oh, but by the way, you could be fighting for the title. Then you get told the week of, you're not fighting for the title, you're fighting the other guy. I feel like that would be a bit of a mental step I down, agree. right? Wouldn't you be like, fuck, man. I yeah, and, and Pantoja tried to say, oh, no, I'm good. You know, I'm focused. I know that I can get there eventually. But, yeah, yeah. come Even on, man. Eventually, it's not Saturday. That's like, a tra that's like a trap fight where you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, now I'm down a little yeah. bit. You know, that'll be a real test of his – Kind of mental makeup. Focus, right? Yeah. yeah. Just got to stay focused. I bet it uh, – yeah, man. I mean, it's actually kind of rough. I never really thought about it until today, but the UFC being like, oh, here's the carrot. Nah. Fuck nah, you. it's not happening. Back down to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, it, uh, on the one hand, you got to say, well, at least I know they're considering me in that way, so that means i got to be really close. But, but yeah, dude, you can't tell me that that doesn't, like, you would, but drop you. I guess that if you're looking for motivation, the motivation would be, like, starch this guy. I'm obviously the number one contender because they're already looking at me. Yep. I would think that would keep you going. Uh, as far as the prelims go, just to, uh, you know, obviously some, some names on here. Joe Duffy's on there, one to watch for. Brett Johns is on here as well. Um, I'm, I'm actually keyed up. Uh, I'm kind of a grappling aficionado, but Davi Hamos versus Armin Sarukin, uh, I think that could be a, a really, really fun grappling fight. We'll see how it pans out. Um, but anybody on the on the prelims you're kind of looking at? I mean, uh, Grant Dawson's a, kind of an exciting name. I feel like, uh, <laughs> to be honest, when we were talking, you were talking, I was looking at the card up and down. And unfortunately, and I hate to reveal my unprofessionalism here, I was looking at how late are we going to get out <laughs> of the event. <laughs> so <laughs> I was looking through the card like, that's a decision, that's a decision, that's a decision. But so putting my promoter-ish hat on, this is do or die for Joe Duffy, right? He came yeah, in, he had man. the link with you-know-who. It was all teed up for that to be a big clash one day. And I feel like, and I think he's admitted this, he's under-delivered. A lot. Yeah. He really has. Like, it, it, every sort of fight they give him, 
He just uh, it doesn't doesn't match up, and I believe the guy's very skilled. I actually yes. believe he's very very good. Man, when he's on point, it's fun to watch. He's a great fighter, very fun to watch, and I feel like he's just never nailed it. And I really think uh, you know he's fighting Joel Alvarez, who, with all respect in the world, is not who Joe Duffy was probably meant to be fighting three or four years into his UFC career. Absolutely. So I think this could be a do or die moment for Joe, and I I, I would like to see him do it. Uh, the other name that shouts out to me. <laughs> Just again, like I said, you know, looking at like, oh, how long am I going to be there? Uh, <laughs> Sergey Spivak. I'm like, okay, so that's 15 minutes right off the bank, you know. <laughs> that's good. That's how we'll kick off the night with a bit of fucking explosion. So, yeah, I mean, for me, the one that stands out is Duffy because I, I, I like the way he fights. I, I really enjoy. I always, I, for some reason, I've always liked the sort of hybrid, like, oh, he's a boxer, but he's an MMA fighter. I like right. the guys who transition between sports, you know, particularly one. But I <laughs> like, uh, I enjoy that. I've always liked Joe, and I think I've actually I've had a beer with Joe um, in Brooklyn, uh, which is fine. But uh, you know, and he's a really cool dude, so I kind of wish the best for him. But I, I I just I think this is a bit of a maybe last chance. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right, man. There's there's some definite keys on the line there. So, uh, well, listen, like I said, it's uh, this week has been a long one. Today was a especially long day, but uh, we got the weigh-in, so we'll have a day to recover. Then we'll have the fights, and then it kind of. Slows down a little. Well, actually, basically, uh, we're going to have our first days off, essentially. I mean, we a, a day or two to actually – and I'm sure – no, I know both of us will still find some work to do, but uh, at least, I mean, we haven't really had any break at all. So, Yeah, it's uh, – you know, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, it's we're very lucky to be working. Yeah, not so. trying to bitch and moan, but it's just – But if I could bitch and moan for a second, John. No, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I, I, I think uh, – this fight island experience. I'm sure we'll do a podcast next Thursday, yeah. right, to sort of wrap it up, or maybe after the fights. And I have sort of episode. But well done. Uh, thank you, mate. Um, learning from the best, of course. <laughs> but uh, I-, I thought I was going to be much more miserable at this point of the trip than I am. Right. You know, I thought I was going to be, and I hate everyone, of course. Of course. But, but that's just not as much as I do d- as I had in my mind. So. Yeah. No, it's been interesting, man. I mean, uh, definitely as we talk. I mean definitely feel safe here man i mean the, the steps that everybody's gone to the links that everybody's gone to it's incredible but um but yeah it's been a, it's been a fun experience now if we're back here in september and october i don't know how much fun it'll be then i miss my wife and kid i'll, I'll tell you that i do i do i do miss them yeah obviously i don't miss my kids because i don't know where they are but i mean <laughs> <laughs> or who had them <laughs> yes they're all just a cluster of names in the wind lawsuits i ignore no um that's a joke my parents have listened to this um, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, for me, uh, when we first came here, we said, "Oh, it's kind." Of, especially for you, who's been covering this for so long, you're saying it's exciting to find a unique experience like this. Is this is maybe it's a bit grandiose because it is MMA and it's not that massive, but it is a moment in history, right? It is. It, it feels like it, I feel like I was very, very lucky to be here. I don't know if I'll feel so lucky in the middle of October. I would agree. So especially yeah. if it gets fucking humid again. So <laughs> we'll see. But for now. I'm pretty happy. Pretty no cool. doubt. And for now, I'm happy that we're done. Yes, bro. Because this has been a long-ass day, and no disrespect to anybody that's listening, because let me tell you, we definitely appreciate it. It means the world to me. It's just that I'm ready to be done uh, and get some sleep, because I've been up for about we'll have one more beer, though. 24 hours. Uh, maybe two. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out on the flip side. In the meantime, we'll just tell everybody we'll be back for and a half, so make sure you're at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow to get that bonus uh, content over there. And for everybody else... Just let me say, thanks for listening.